everybody get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a chef for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but Foodie married Beast anyway, and together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. I vote for changing the lead into the show because look at all the jewelry you're wearing. I'm not I'm cheap. I'm actually not wearing any of my jewelry. Yeah, it's all fake. No but... earrings, no necklace. <laughs> That's no right. Ring, She's just nothing. wearing her love. Yeah, okay. All over so me. this is going to be a great show because we, a, a we have some new friends on and a reunion of lots of old friends, including... Oh, it is kind of reunion-y in here. It's nice. It is reunion-ish. It is. Uh, uh, one old friend is uh, Danny Lee, who's chef owner at Mandu, the world's greatest Korean restaurant. Am I Two right? Two Mandu. Uh -oh. okay. Two Mandu. He's back. He's telling us about the return of Anjou, mm -hmm. and we're going to tell you about that in a minute. And he's got some specialties happening on Easter weekend. Right. He's got a pop-up with Chef Huni Kim, who's the uh, chef owner of Janji and Anjan in New York. Mm -hmm. We're going to hear about that. Yes. Okay. And it's coming back, dining out for life. Are you ready? Have you it's made your back. reservations? In with us today is Abby Seller. She is the communications manager for Food and Friends, an organization that we love very much. And they are behind Dining Out for Life locally this year. And they brought back in with them Jamie Leeds, who is very involved with the event. And you know her from her Hanks. She was almost, I think you were like, like on a, one of our first 10 shows. Yeah, she yeah. Back in the was. day. Yeah. But she owns every Hanks, like from here till all the way across the country. Everything that says Hanks on it is a Jamie Leeds property. So they're going to tell us about what it's going to look like this year. And then something very close to my heart. I'm so excited. We're going to be talking about spa treatments. You're such a girl. Um, it is not only a girl thing. I it know. is a it's, universal thing for anybody the most beautiful spot who likes city. to get pampered <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. And I'm a total product whore, and I am surrounded by fabulous products brought in today by Teresa Escoffier. Right? No. Did Escoffery. I say right? Escoffery. Sorry. Escoffery. Why are you, you insist on doing the names? I can't help it. I'm Try sorry. this one. Dave Coleman. Okay. okay. <laughs> anyway, she's with the Mandarin Oriental Spa, and she's going to walk us through all their fabulous treatments for spring. They have the great. They have a, that that fifty foot pool that is the coolest thing I yeah, ever saw beautiful. in my life. Really All right, sick. so Berlin Crystal Kelly not only has a cool name, she has a very cool company called <laughs> Proud Pour, which is dedicated to making delicious wines that also nurture Mother Mother Earth, Mother Nature. Her wines are sustainably grown and vegan. And, you know, for Which example... Which we're going to find out what that means, because yeah, well, everybody we, thinks that wine out, should be vegan. But somehow it's tied into to re-oysterizing the bay and all of that. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool. We're going to find cool. out more. And... Yes. Mike McGarvey and Dave Coleman. We had them in here when they were From business three babies. three stars. When three, star, three stars with an S at the end, <laughs> brewing, and Mike McGarvey with a McGarvey. They were in here before they even opened up the brewery, and now they're in here all beard up with the selling beer all the way up into New York and everywhere else. And they got a lot going on. You selling anything illegal or just beer? Just beer. Just oh, beer. wait. Are okay. we going to do anything like with, um, at, um, like with marijuana and beer? Federal government. You have to come into the mic to yeah, answer. The federal that. government has rules around that still. Oh, so still? maybe when they change how they There's so much truth. I believe in states' rights, don't we all? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Except we're not a state. So why don't we talk a little, Dave? Why don't or Mike, whoever? Both of you guys I don't want to start mic. a fight. Tell us a little about Three Stars. All right. So we started uh, the business about seven or eight years ago. The project started, but we uh, launched our first beers in August of 2012. 
So we're about to celebrate five years of being in business here in D.C. But now you're a big deal. Well, we're only a big deal because of our fans. Uh, we got a lot of people. I thought you going to say because of Foodie and the Beast. Nah, I could have given you that one. Oh, man, I'm sorry. Um, we uh, we started out with a, with a dedication to giving people unique drinking experiences. So just like a lot of the cocktail people in town, we decided that we wanted to create beer that was going to be memorable and uh, a unique experience. So... We've actually cracked ground with that, and we've taken a more chef-driven approach to it. And uh, now at the brink of celebrating five years, we've released over 120 different beers. And now we've got on the... uh, on the cusp, we've got CBC coming, which is the Craft Brewers Conference, which is... So for people who don't know what that is, I mean... Is it's this a conference a... of craft brewers, right? <laughs> I know, but like, I mean, is it for the layperson? Is it for, like, who's it for, and how are you guys involved in it? Well, uh, Craft Brewers Conference is primarily for brewers, uh, but also you look at anyone who sells in the brewing industry, suppliers, um, certainly people that are aspiring brewers do come to the Craft Brewers Conference. Mm-hmm. Is that um, perspiring or aspiring? <laughs> Us both, yeah. <laughs> um, but so Craft Brewers Conference is coming up uh, the week after this. Yes. Um, you'll have thousands of breweries that will descend upon the city for training. Um, there are a lot of good seminars that go on during that event. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of events that go on during that event. It just sounds event. like well, an excuse to drink a lot of beer. Well, no, Huge but I mean, show. on that note, I mean, I, I mean, I've gotten tons of press releases from, you know, restaurants in the community who are all doing events surrounding the CBC. Yeah, so that's a big part of CBC. And uh, this year, we're fortunate to have it coming to D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, it was here a couple of years ago, and it's back. Uh, one of the big drives is that a lot of the restaurants in town, so like Jack Rose, Meridian Pint, uh, six engine. They all kind Cor- of um, church key, birch and church key. Of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They uh, they all focus their nights every night on events. So mm-hmm. they'll be showcasing beers that you can't get in town. They'll be real. They'll be uh, rare releases, collaborations, things like that. All so, right, we're gonna get into that in a little bit. And I just want to be clear. Come on, that Dave, Somebody a, else has to talk. There here. is yeah, a no. big <laughs> difference between this event and Saver, which does not come until June. I just don't want people to get confused. There's a huge difference right. between CBC Saver and DC Beer Week. Right. Are okay. three definitely different universes. We're gonna come back. We want to hear more about first? CBC. What do you got there first? We're gonna pour you uh, Peppercorn Saison, the oh. flagship that we have. Uh, this has been our number one stunner since day one, and uh, it's available all around town and all around all of our markets, seafood restaurants, Hank's Oyster Bar, Rappahannock River Oysters, cool. um, everywhere. So, all right. Let's go to well, Danny. Well, before we he gets liquored up, we should talk to Danny Lee. <laughs> so, Danny. Let, what are you saying about Danny? That's well, I'm just saying nice. the beer's going to be passing around. Okay, I think you he know, can handle it. He's a party guy. Yes, he is. <laughs> That's well, true. On, I know he is. Um Let's do a couple of minutes on you and Mandu and how all this got started, and then we can talk about. I mean, because uh, we've had your Anjou. mom in here before, and you've mm-hmm. been in a bunch. Yeah, of Yeah, Danny's times. mom is still chained to the stove. He makes her do all the good cooking, and he just. I do. Through. You take she the does credit. All the work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we started the first Mandu up on 18th Street um, ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, November was ten years, um, and then we opened up uh, our K Street location six years ago. Um, still just my mom and I, uh, her and I are control of, uh, the restaurants in each kitchen. Um, I always say that, I say that I'm the owner, but my mom, my mom always says that she's the boss. Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, still the case where she won't really, you can't get her out of the kitchen, you know? Does uh, she ground you ever? She definitely yells at me a lot. So, <laughs> yeah. That's not fair. She's not here to defend herself. All right. So. Um, so, but now, but you've done some changes. 
at the 18th Street. Yeah, so property. we did this leading up to our 10 year anniversary where we wanted to, where I wanted to uh, have a clear difference uh, in the menus between each location. Mm-hmm. Um, so we used 18th Street kind of as a vessel to uh, experiment a little bit more with uh, kind of evolving and modernizing some Korean dishes where uh, I got in my head where, you know, with Korean food especially, you can't, everyone had the same, everyone has the same recipe. Everyone thinks that a certain dish has to be the certain way uh, mm-hmm. back from decades ago. Sure. Uh, and I ne- had never really seen some of these dishes evolve, so that was kind of our our platform to kind of take these dishes and modernize them a bit. Well, because you started with these Anjou events, uh, what, a year and a half ago? Two years, two year, ago? Two years ago. Right? Yeah. And you were doing them at the one of the City Fist of Building, uh-huh. and they were like industry night kind of parties. Yeah, so we basically wanted to do, uh, you know, all the chefs, you know, it's a really close network in D.C., so... Mm-hmm. Um, we're always hanging out at each other's restaurants late night, so we decided to take a step further where every fr- the first Friday of every month we had two to three chefs come into our restaurant and cook and do their uh, version of Korean-inspired bar food. Which was fabulous. Yeah, was so we, so did much it, fun. we did it for about a year, mm-hmm. uh, and then we stopped, and then we're bringing it back next month. So let's talk about what you're bringing back next month and what it's going to look like, because you've got a bunch of different things happening. Yeah, so it's Easter weekend, so... Uh, it's this month. Yes. Actually, this month, no. It is yeah. this month, right. In two, so weeks. In two weeks. April Fool's. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this all started because there's a chef that uh, I've become friends with uh, named Huni Kim from mm-hmm. New York. Uh, Huni has two restaurants. Uh, Danji was his first restaurant, and Hanjan was his second restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's known as probably one of the uh, you know, one of the top Korean chefs in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, he was actually the first Korean chef to earn a Michelin star when is Danji Is blowfish o- Japanese only? Yeah, I mean, Koreans don't really. Okay, so there's no Huni in the blowfish. Yeah, can you say no, oh, my God. <laughs> I had to work it around. Oh, my God. Sorry. Oh, my God. That was such had to do a stress. Oh. Had to do it. Don't sorry, leave. Sorry. Please don't leave. Oh. Can you finish the interview before you leave? <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't know if I can recover from that. Oh, my God. Um, and anyway, let's just so. end the show now and call thank it a day. You. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank everybody. Thank you, okay. All right. So, uh... Wow. So uh, Huni and I met um, a couple years ago, and mm-hmm. uh, we've stayed in touch. And uh, I've been at his restaurants and hung out with him in New York, um, you know, as much as I can. And he told me that he started a charity in Korea called Yori Chansa, which translates to Chef Angels. Mm-hmm. So what he did was he uh, created a network of chefs and restaurants in Korea uh, to help provide training and job placement for orphans. So what happens yeah. in Korea is that if you're in the uh, the government orphanage program. <clears throat> you, uh, when you turn 18, you basically get released from the program, and you get basically, and you That's get a, a, a really small stipend. Yep. It's just like, hope you make it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what he wanted to do was create um, training. So when these orphans before they turn 18, they actually learn kitchen skills, so that when they uh, do turn 18 and are on their own, they are able to get a job, you know, at, a, at different restaurants. So. Um, Huni and I were talking about maybe doing a collaborative event either in New York or in D.C. Mm-hmm. And just so having the Easter weekend turned out to be a good weekend for him to come down. So that Friday, uh, we're going to do – we're bringing Anju back. Mm-hmm. We're in addition to Huni, we have um, Chef Francis Derby, who's the chef of the Cannibal restaurants in New York and Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Johnny Sparrow, uh, sure. who's about to open up Reverie. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Margie from Smoking Stacks. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know who any of these people are. <laughs> None. No and idea. So that starts at 10 p.m. Uh, on Friday the 14th, mm-hmm. um, and then the next night. Uh, that's and I just can I just just push in there that for people who have not been, it is 
pretty raucous and fun. I mean, there's lots of amazing drinks and the food is just passed around fast and furious and everybody is in it for fun. Like it's such a good time. It's fun. And, you know, and, and we're adding the, the charity component, you know, this mm -hmm. year we're going to have a stand set up with a staff member with an iPad set to his GoFundMe page. So guests there can get liquored up and, you know, really spend, spend all their money. money on the charity. I love it. Uh, we're going to have district distilling there, uh, pouring samples of their products as well. Mm -hmm. So guests can, you know, sample some locally Spirit. distilled products. Mm -hmm. Um, so that'll be, that'll be great. So food will be from 10 to one, uh, mm -hmm. that Friday. Um, and Saturday the 15th, uh, Huni and I decided to do a tasting menu. So we shut down the restaurant, um, Saturday night, the 15th, and we're taking reservations where we're going to do a five course tasting, green tasting menu. The, the menu looks so crazy. And so then, how are you guys working together on it? We we just uh, had a couple phone calls and and emails and talked about the dishes we wanted to do and kind mm -hmm. of worked with each other to see you know with is his style similar to your style or your mom's style? No, I mean Huni has a very unique style. I mean he's he's very classic in in certain ways, but um, very refined in others. I mean mm -hmm. there's I learned a lot the first time I went up to Danji when he opened in 2011 just how uh, Korean food could evolve into. Uh, Modern Korean food, I guess, is the best way to put it. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have Eric Bunner Yang and Piche Ong uh, oh, to do dessert um, that night as well. That's so, going to be so Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. And uh, all the proceeds from that dinner go towards Huni's charity. Very generous and it's what? It's only 40 bucks a ticket, am I right? So $40 is for uh, Anju, Anju mm -hmm. on Friday. Uh, that includes all food, uh, a complimentary beverage from DDC. Uh, and then Saturday, it's $75 all-inclusive, including pairings. I mean, that's really yeah, that's terrific. And it sounds so, amazing. Uh, all right, so how can people get all the info? Other sure. than going to the list, are you on com to find it? Shameless <laughs> plug, shameless plug. Uh, you can visit our website, uh, mandudc.com, mm -hmm. uh, and there's a navigation page for these two nights. Um, you can also email events at mandudc.com, and someone will get back to you. It sounds like two amazing evenings. Do not miss out. Danny, thanks we're, so much for joining actually, us. We're coming Are back we coming today. back, Tom? Do we have time? We'll right. talk a little more. All right. okay. oh. We're going to oh, talk yeah. more. Lucky you. All right, this is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec. Come to the market at River Falls for the premium meats that make for delicious family holidays. Glorious briskets and short ribs for Passover and succulent lambs, hams, and roast for Easter. Passover and Easter taste better at the market at River Falls. One-on-one -on -one interviews with executives who manage the inner workings of the Defense Department. Federalnewsradio.com. Search on DOD. If you've ever worked for a large company that provides services to a customer, at some point you may have said, Huh, I think I might be able to do this better on my own. Well, this is a show for people who actually take the step off the ledge and fend for themselves in the cutthroat world that is government contracting. I'm Alan Scott of Columbia Technology Partners and host Ready to Prime. Part information, part inspiration, and all small business. Heard the last Tuesday of every month on Federal News Radio 1500 AM or on demand at federalnewsradio.com. Search Ready to Prime. In today's competitive job market, imagine not having the reading skills needed to even fill out an application. 90,000 adults in D.C. are considered functionally illiterate. It takes a lot for an adult to admit they can't read. It takes even more courage to do something about it. The Washington Literacy Center teaches adult learners to read, giving them options and a bright future. Please give back to the community by donating today. Go to WashingtonLiteracyCenter.org and make your much-needed charitable contribution. Changing lives through literacy. WashingtonLiteracyCenter.org. 
I'm Aileen Black. And I'm Gigi Shum. Together, we host Women of Washington. You'll hear the inspiring and amazing stories of women who have paved their own path to success and achieved incredible milestones in their careers. Some have leaned in. Others took an unconventional approach. All have made an impact on the business landscape of Washington, D.C. and beyond. Tune in Wednesday afternoons at 1 for Women of Washington, Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. Download it anytime at federalnewsradio.com. Search Women of Washington. We are back uh, with Foodie and the Beast and David and Nikki Nellis. I want to thank the folks at ProFish, Central Farm Markets, the market at River Falls in beautiful, scenic, panoramic downtown Potomac, Mm -hmm. and Celebrity Cruises for sponsoring the show and partnering with us. It's fun. Let's go back to Danny Lee. Danny, what else? I mean, it's spring. Well, can we talk about your other collaboration coming up? (laughs) Uh, as, is I that, mean, it's in the news. It's not like we don't know. I think I think the word's been uh, All right. out for a bit. It was so, in like in a paper. So, yeah. Two of them, several of them. So, I hear that you brought in a, a a guy that looks like suspiciously like an NF. Uh, excuse me, an NBA center to be your partner. <laughs> or baby Huey, one or the other. He looks like baby Huey. <laughs> oh my god! So tell the story. So uh, don't tell him I said that. Yeah, don't tell <laughs> him. He, he's sitting there with the radio on. Don't tell him. <laughs> Uh, so we started a new restaurant group uh, called the Fried Rice Collective. It's mm-hmm. uh, myself, um, Scott Juno, and uh, Andrew Kim. So Andrew uh, uh, has been in the industry for decades. Uh, he's had he was one of the original founders of uh, the Matchbox Food Group. Mm-hmm. Um, he and I have been friends for uh, a while, and then um, he approached me about starting wanting to do some collaborative projects and. Uh, that's where things took off from there. And then Scott and I have been very good friends for years. Mm-hmm. And um, that's how Scott is, got is put on board. Is he a chef? <laughs> <laughs> what does Scott do? Right. So uh, it'll be fun kind of creating this new concept where we can... But well, we should uh, say Scott has been... He was the really the opening, the grand opening chef at Wolfgang Puck's The, the Source. source. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's been there for, what, nine years? Eight. Ten years. Is it ten? Years? Ten years. Oh goodness, <clears> and he me. can cook. Yes, he can. So. And so when... So how many projects are you... Like, what's the initial amount of projects you're looking at? I mean, right now, just one. Just one. Uh, Yeah, we're going to take it step by step. Okay. And when can we look for that result-ish? Hopefully this year. All right. We'll have you guys back in, certainly, for that. That'll be fun. All right. All right. right, Let's go back to to Dave and Mike and Three Stars Brewing. Stars. You guys are doing... I said Three Stars Stars. with an S. (laughs) You guys are going to do this all day, aren't you? Just to make sure we get that S in there. So you've done a bunch of collaboration. I I was reading you've done a bunch of collaboration beers. Yeah. What's that all about? So uh, it's part of the it's a it's a big part of the uh, craft beer industry is collaborating, working with other breweries, uh, people who have talents in areas that maybe you don't, or just uh, people who have shared vision for creating different unique process and different unique uh, beers. So we did a bunch of beers for CBC, and we worked with some of the best players in the industry. So we teamed up with Other Half from Brooklyn, uh, Jay Wakefield out of Miami. Ocelot, which is out of Dulles, and Aslan, which is out of Herndon. So we teamed up with those guys just to make four really crazy off-the-wall beers for CBC so that when you've got 20,000 breweries from all over the country coming to town, they're going to say, well, I've never heard of Three Stars. You're not available in Colorado. Sure. Well, what's your, to... what's your first experience of us? Holy. Right. Right. One of the so, seven words. How do you just, like, when you're working in a collaboration – how do you guys decide, like, who brings what to the table? 
Well, we we kind of are fans of each other's work, so we do kind of know what these other breweries are doing. Mm-hmm. And you know, for each one, it's different. Uh, sometimes we have a um, a style where we both we both kind of do that style, and then we kind of look at how do we make something together that's just awesome in that style. Mm-hmm. And there's other situations where there's styles that neither of us have done. And it's just kind of, well, hey, we always wanted to do this. Let's do that. And do it together. Yeah. And then so, how do you decide, like, who cans it? Because it's more than just creating the product. It's also about... Sales. Sal- right. Right, sales. So so the the general rule with collaboration... for money. <laughs> the general rule with collaborations in the craft beer industry is whoever's house is brewing it mm-hmm. is the one branding it and selling it. So... For the Jay Wakefield collaborations, for example, um, we did Mantis at the power plant in Miami. Okay. He packaged it and sold it. And for that one, we actually used our graphic designer to design the label. So Kendra from Cielo Productions mm-hmm. does all of our branding, all of our can artwork. Um, but then for the collab we did with him here, we did all of that. And, uh, and so we're canning it and releasing all of that on... Uh, April 11th. All right. Cool. Well, we're going to take a taste. Yeah. Come Wait, back what do we guys taste? Just bit. tell me what we're tasting. Well, I think if we're talking about collabos, we should try Knives Out, which is our collaboration with Ocelot Brewing Company okay, out of cool. Dallas, Virginia. We'll talk all right. about it when we can. So now sure. we're going to turn to Jamie Leeds, who, as we all know now, is the founder. And she's a chef owner of JL Restaurant Group, but with Hank's. Hanks is the place. Yes, right. it is. I still love the original Hanks and down Abby, on Q Street. And Abby, Abby. well, we, we, Don't leave we Abby out. Abby. Don't but I want to talk her. two seconds about uh, Food and Friends because we love it. We oh. volunteered there. Food and Friends brings okay. meals daily to folks who are basically shut in because they have life-threatening or very serious diseases. It started off really focusing on the, uh, the, the community that had HIV-AIDS, right. but now it's really, you know, People who are stuck at home and who haven't got the resources to feed themselves, and it's an amazing organization. You so you guys, I mean, when were you founded? I appreciate the How many words. years? Uh, 1988, so we're coming up on right. our 30th year anniversary. So right. now you've got the Dining Out for Life event. Abby, why don't you tell us a little about that and then. Sure. So uh, next Thursday, April 6th, is Dining Out for Life, and that's a national event. It happens in cities across the country. Um, and it always benefits um, an organization serving the HIV-AIDS community. So restaurants come together and donate a portion of their sales for that night to the local charitable organizations. So here in D.C., that's Food and Friends, and it's been Food and Friends for over 20 years now. Mm-hmm. So we have 72 restaurants coming together this year to donate anywhere from 25. Is that an increase from last year? It is, yeah. Right? That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah, that's we have great. some new ones this year um, and some organiz- some restaurants that have been with us for over a decade, like the uh, Hank's restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, so all five of their restaurants are participating this year. So it's going to be a really amazing event. Um, and well, explain to people what that means, sure. because it's not an event in the restaurant. Right. It's really you're just going out, dining in the restaurant. Some restaurants do special menus, some restaurants don't, but they're all giving a portion of the proceeds. Yeah, so restaurants are contributing anywhere from 25 to 110% of proceeds for the night, mm-hmm. and really it's just an opportunity to do something you might do any night of the week, right. and do something fun, grab a group of friends to get together and go out to a place that you love, support one of your favorite restaurants, um, and do something good that's then coming coming back to a local organization like Food and Friends. So, Jamie, how did you get involved with Food and Friends and Dining Out for Life? Well, when I started, first opened Hank's DuPont 12 years ago, um, I, um, you know, I really believe in giving back, and we're mm-hmm. very community, neighborhood-oriented restaurants. And I, and I, I found out about Food and Friends, and... Um, 
it, it's kind of near and dear to my heart because, you know, back in the 80s, I had a couple of friends that did die of AIDS and and I wanted to be able to contribute. And so from right off the bat, from the first year that we opened Hank's, I started contributing to Food and Friends and we participated in Dining Out for Life. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been with them for 12 years and I've done uh, specialty investor dinner for dinners for them. I just did one last week mm-hmm. um, where we featured the pasta bar menu. So last year I opened Hank's Pasta Bar right. and Hank's Cocktail Bar. Okay, so the pasta bar is in Alexandria. It's in northern Old Town. Okay. Yep. And um, so we featured the pasta bar menu for, for that dinner, mm-hmm. and it was a huge success. Um, and, yeah, and so now I have Hank's Cocktail Bar as well in Petworth, uh, right, in Petworth, in Petworth on okay. Upshur Street. And so now I have five establishments and in 12 years, and um, all five are going to be donating to Food and Friends. Am I right that Hank Hank is your dad? Hank Hank was my dad. He died when I was young and loved to cook and eat and really instilled the love of food in me. So it's an an homage to him. That's great. Um, But it's really fun, especially the 17th Street uh, location, DuPont location, because – they, uh, the the girls come and they, you know, the 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 drag queens come. Oh wait, dressed I was gonna up. ask, is that happening this year? Yes, you yeah, it happens. Do it last yeah, year. Yeah, they didn't come out last year, but this year yeah. they will be back. They're doing um, it. They usually do yep. it, and they come by, and it's a lot of fun at Dupont. They come into the restaurant. They just come into the restaurant and talk to everybody, and it's like just like a giant okay, party. Okay, so wait, let me just explain to people. <laughs> so there is a van of drag queens. Yeah. That come to all the restaurants part. Oh, not all, but yeah. as many usually as possible. Usually on seventeenth. Right, Street. the restaurants, yeah. and they are. So so much fun. <laughs> who is uh, Felicia Beefeater going to be there? I'm not sure who exactly oh, is on okay. the roster or, this um, year. Who's the other one? Bambi. <laughs> yeah. We've had a couple in studio. Miss Scarlett. So, yes, yeah. there is. Well, a, doesn't a, your fearless leader dress yes, up? Yes, our too? executive Craig director Schneiderman. Craig Schneiderman is Miss Scarlett. Is that right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. right. a little Craig. known fact that he and I went to high school together. He used to come to high school dressed like. Oh, that. really? No, Craig, I actually talked to Craig last week about it, and he said this time he's not going to dress up, and he's going to tour. He's going to tour around with everybody. It's so much fun, though. I mean. Just had such a festive component yeah, to it. Yeah, it really you know is. I mean? It's a great way to give back. I mean, it's a lot of fun, and um, it just it means a lot. It's such an important organization. They do so such good work. So right. So well, I just want to tell you, it's seventy restaurants. So the list is at foodandfriends.org/slash/dining out/slash dining out. Yep, you can find all the restaurants there, and you know, it's just a really great partnership because a lot of people don't know that when Food and Friends started. It was with restaurants, getting food from restaurants, and then we would facilitate the, the delivery to to folks that were seriously ill and needed the food. And so to have that sort of continuation with the restaurant community over the years uh, for almost three decades is really amazing. Well, and I just have to say, since David and I have both done work with Food and Friends, coming out with our kids, delivering meals, and also making meals in the facility, I mean, if you have not been to the facility you need to go because it's an operation. It I'm, is. It's, it's huge. It's, it's huge. huge. And the but kitchen like, is amazing. The kitchen is amazing. And the way you guys work your volunteers, it's very organized. It's like being in the Army. Well, no. It's <laughs> not, not that I ever was. No, 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 no. It's not like being in the Army. It's just very organized. And everybody has their roles. And they tell you how to do things. And everybody is very kind to each other. And, and it it's just all makes, volunteer. Right. And it's just a very, um, it's a great experience. And we're so thrilled that we're able to be a part of it. Um, 
and we don't do it nearly as enough <laughs> enough as we should, obviously. But everybody That's should. Fault. Yeah, <laughs> it's totally my fault. Um, but everybody should get out there. And then Jamie, we'd love to have you back because you have so much happening at your restaurants, and I feel like we haven't really scratched the surface. Because the last time you were in, you just launched the pasta bar, but we didn't yeah. get into the cocktail bar. Yeah, at all. yeah. And I'm also about to open down at the Wharf. Right. An and what are you bar. doing there? I'm doing a Hank's Oyster Bar on the Wharf. So that's gonna be insane. Yeah, we have a corner spot right across from the main pier, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be really How beautiful. Big is the space? It's uh well it's about thirty two hundred square feet. So okay. we're gonna have seventy six seats outside. Wow. And sixty seven seats inside with a seventeen uh, seat bar mm-hmm. and an indoor outdoor bar so you can sit outside and drink. Look out. at you, you're a mogul. Oh my god. She's taking yeah. over. Jamie Reed's comma mogul. That's what they say. That's <laughs> amazing. It's very, very exciting. When do you think that um, probably I mean, September? Right. Most likely. They're September. trying to get everybody to open yeah. at the same time, right? Yeah. yeah. It's Is a that... huge it's a huge endeavor. Right. No. I mean, how many restaurants is it total right now? Well, um, I know that there's 12 chef-driven. So that they they invited only chef-driven local restaurants right. to be there. So there are no chains. Mm-hmm. So I know there are at least 12 of uh, chef-driven restaurants. Right. And then there's uh, multiple other um, like retail. And there's uh, 930 Club is doing a music venue. It's insane. They're also having a jazz alley. Um, they're redoing all the fish stalls, so the fish stalls will be renovated and they'll still be there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be very exciting. It is going to be really exciting. We should yeah. set up a Foodie and the Beast broadcast. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. We'll play with that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get on that. Okay. Yeah. okay. All right. Thank you both for coming in. Just Thank tell you. everybody once again. Jamie, tell everybody where they can find you. Okay. You can find us at um, hanksoysterbar.com is our website mm-hmm. um, that lists... Uh, all the oyster bars, and then hankspastabar.com, and then um, hankscocktailbar.com. If you do Hanks, you're going to find Jamie Lee. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And Abby, just tell everybody where we can find Food sure. and Friends. Sure. Dining Out for Life. Um, you can find information at foodandfriends.org slash dining out. And if you're interested in just volunteering, we have 9,000 volunteers a year, just foodandfriends.org. We'd love Great. to have you. Thank you guys so much. This is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. We're going to be doing spa treatments when we come back. Are you or someone you know a victim of crime? If so, call the D.C. Victim Hotline at 1-844-4-HELP-DC. The D.C. Victim Hotline assists victims of any crimes in the District of Columbia by connecting them to resources that empower them to take the next steps toward healing. It's a free, anonymous service staffed with fully trained victim assistance specialists. You can chat online at dcvictim.org or text and call 1-844-4-HELP-DC. That's 1-844-4-HELP-DC. This is John Gilroy. My show, Federal Tech Talk, answers the question, how does technology make life easier for the federal audience? I've spent years interviewing federal CIOs, tech leaders, and big company CTOs. What they tell me is compelling, provocative, and always relevant to the federal government and contractor. Check it out Tuesday and Thursday afternoons at 1 on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM, or download it anytime at federalnewsradio.com. Search Federal Tech Talk. The District Alliance for Safe Housing, also known as DASH, is kicking off its 10-year anniversary celebration with a DASH for DASH 5K race and 1K fun run walk on Saturday, July 29th. DASH is the largest dedicated safe housing provider for survivors of domestic and sexual violence in Washington, D.C. Visit dashdc.org events to sign up for this fun race. It's a certified course on the Metropolitan Branch Trail near Rhode Island Avenue Metro Stop. Sponsorships available. 
Dash-dc.org slash events. This is Mark Amtower. Do you have subject matter experts that not enough people know, sales and business development staff that need deeper connections into client agencies, or do you have content in search of an audience? These are elements of social selling, leveraging LinkedIn to create leads, get recognition for expertise, and influence government buyers. With 1.6 million feds on LinkedIn, it is part of the government ecosystem. If you're not making a paid dividends, we should talk. Email me at markamtower at gmail.com. We're back on Food in the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis and Teresa Escoffery, who's sitting next to me, and she looks, it's radio. She looks so beautiful. I wish you could, I wish, we should have a TV camera in here. Anyways, we Teresa. Do. We're doing Facebook Live. Is yeah. the spa, oh, wait, we are. Well, I'm old school. She is the spa supervisor at the Mandarin Oriental Hotel Spa, and it is awesome. It's the only spa in D.C., that's been awarded a four-star rating by Forbes. I'd like to be awarded anything by Forbes, including a free subscription. But <laughs> why don't we start off with, first of all, hi. Hello. Hi. Thank you for joining us. Thank What's, you for having me. What does it mean to have a four-star rating from Forbes? Well, to be bestowed such a distinguished honor uh, in... Bestowed is such a big word for this show. It is major, isn't it? Mm. For him, it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, it really... What it boils down to is to be able to provide a service that's so surreal to our guests mm-hmm. that they think about it five, ten years from now. That I went to the spa at Mandarin Oriental, Washington, D.C., and I still remember the smells, that the That is aura. a lofty goal. Yes, I it like is. That. Okay, so what does it. that mean? So as a, as a person who, let's say, has not been to the spa, let's walk them through the process. I'm coming, let's say, for a facial or a massage or some sort of uh, treatment. What happens when I enter your beautiful facility? Well, let's back up a bit. Before you even enter the spa, mm-hmm. all of our uh, calls are handled one-on-one to be able to customize that experience. And that is our first touch with our guests is on the phone. And we're creating that experience. We're invoking that uh, um what should be a spa, uh, you know, what are you coming in for? Is it just a facial? Is it just a massage? No. You're coming in for our heat and water experience. Mm -hmm. You're coming in for our slipper service. You're coming in for our warm tea that's bestowed upon you. Okay, back up. Let's talk about what the slipper service is. Because David asked me, he's like, what is slipper service? Uh, I actually know. (laughs) (laughs) It is a wonderful nod to our Oriental, our Asian heritage, Mm -hmm. whereby we are subservient but it is it is a way of, I like that so far exactly <laughs> you're coming in and you're 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 dropping your travels and you're n- now about to invoke upon a beautiful journey with mm-hmm. us and the first thing we're going to do is exchange your shoes for a relaxing pair of spa slippers yeah, they brought out that to, treatment I was going to say subservient is not a word we talk about at home unless it's referring to me so. All right, so you, you you drop your shoes and get into some comfortable slippers. Get into some comfortable comfortable slippers. We bring you a hot cup of tea mm-hmm. to kind of quench your thirst and a warm Oshibari towel, which is already, as a spa guru, you understand the aromatherapy and just beginning to have your senses and everything just fall away. Well, it's a good way to start wow. the process. Wow. And so then you, have a, you brought with you a bunch of lines here. Yes. I assume they're mostly for facials. Or do we have more? Like, what's in the? Let's start with the basket over on the side. What's the that? basket? Is a small sampling of our table tray. We okay. have a nod to Mother Earth with the uh, salts. Mm-hmm. We have the balancing of the chakras with the chakra stones. We have the lovely tinctures, which is to clear the energy 
clear your energy and your presence and your being and and just have you he needs his energy totally yeah cleared. yes I mean, seriously yes. i need you to be to... quiet and let her talk <laughs> yes. that's what i need okay. and then our own mandarin uh oriental brand mohg brand of oils mm -hmm. which are uniquely tied into your sensory system cool by uh not only inhalation but application to the skin as well okay all right and let's move on down our, I love this new line. Okay. Uh, we entered into a partnership with Biologie Grangere mm -hmm. uh, last uh, September. Mm -hmm. And this is a very targeted, highly customizable line. I would recommend this for our brides. Mm -hmm. If you're looking for that instant well, result no and bride. change. Um, <laughs> you never know what could happen. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Listen, if you're thinking about going under the knife for surgery, uh, come in, utilize the service. We have okay. both our skin analysis machine mm -hmm. along with our absolute uh, facial remodeling machine to help enhance and recharge and, and change the structure of your muscles mm -hmm. within the face. Yes, to really give it that plumped up uh Yes, full, full look. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And uh, the I tout this very seriously. The... Uh, it will last for at least two weeks after the facial. Wow. At a minimum. And yes. so do you advise people who are going for those kinds of facials to Absolutely. get those treatments regularly? Like Regular. what's the what's the uh, protocol? The protocol uh, for those who are just mm, once a month, mm -hmm. but at least every two weeks. All right. Okay. But people out there listening are somebody's got to be scratching his or her head going, what does that cost? So what? <laughs> Well, it costs a lot of money. Well, That's what it costs. I'm guessing that much. Beauty isn't cheap. Beauty, Beauty is not it, cheap. The, the Let's youthful... talk about what it costs. Okay? Exactly. I don't want him to know what it costs. Mm -mm. It's none of your business. That's what it costs. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. No, he doesn't get that bill. No, then when I come home, she says, I bought you some new clothes, and she hands me a barrel. <laughs> That's great. Right, okay, so, so those are super, but so those are, are super medically inclined correct, products, right? Correct. Okay. Correct. And then what else did you bring in? Looking for more a holistic approach mm -hmm. where the skin over time, the body over time, if nurtured mm -hmm. and loved, will improve. So we do have our S-Ball line, which uh, is extremely... It's too late for you. I know it's too late. Isn't that enough? <laughs> he may, he's a BR guy. Trust me. What's a BR guy? And I'm a BS guy. <laughs> so um, our S-Ball line is... is very potent, very targeted, very focused. But over time, you'll see those beautiful results that you're looking now, is for. Is that more for the body? Espa has both body, body and, and face. face. Okay. Mm -hmm. And what? It, so when we talk about face, like you said, that's more for the bride. But for people like... I'm 47, mm -hmm. and I'm like I told what? you. Yes. No way. No way. You I can't say you're looking oh radiant. No, I told you I was 50. Um, <laughs> so you look damn good for 50, girl. Exactly. There That's why go. I always okay. go up. Um, no, but so for people who are looking for just care, for constant care of their skin and body, and who do don't want to go under the knife, mm -hmm. and um, but want to have upkeep. What do you advise for them? That would be our S-Spa line. Okay. Absolutely. And that okay. machine sounds awesome, too. The Absolute Facial what Remodeling Machine? Yeah, yeah, so what is it? You stick your face in there and you come out. The, yeah, or so, is, it, is it the 
pads with the electrodes. Exactly. Yeah. Cool, man. Exactly. With the products. I mean, I've never done it. I just and, know and about it. With the, machine, <laughs> with the machine, you're allowing for those products to really penetrate deeply within the epidermis, the outermost layer of the skin. Mm -hmm. It goes really deeply within with the assistance of the remote Okay, and machine. let's just talk about also, because you don't just do skin treatments. There's right. the massage therapies. You have right. lots of stuff going I on I just there. have to read this. The okay. heat and water experience is a, a, the Vitality Pool experience showers, which must mean jets all over the mm -hmm. place. I think I did that, didn't I? Not there, you didn't. I don't know. And an amethyst crystal steam room and sauna. Yes. Okay, so let's talk about Lord what all that mercy. means. Right. What is, how do people incorporate that into their stay at the spa? We encourage our guests to arrive anywhere from 30 to 60 minutes in advance. We mm -hmm. want them to have ample amount of time within the heat and water experience to be able to just float away their cares, relax those muscles. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the... the uh, <laughs> One of the beauties. I'm just of saying, the only way to float away my cares is to drown myself. <laughs> we, can, we can make that happen. I was in this pool. The pool right, my understanding really... of the Mandarin Orientals, they will do whatever you need. That's right. right? Kill they absolutely. will do Kill whatever you absolutely. want absolutely. as a Mandarin Oriental. Absolutely. Right? We were told that. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So we do have the men's and women's areas, which are separated. Mm -hmm. um, on the women's side, we have the Vitality Pool, tempered at about 98 to 104 degrees with a bubbly body yep, jets yep, mm -hmm. yes yep, yep. steam room to just soak away and really detoxify the skin open up those pores you know what the way what? you describe it is making me feel better already mm, see? <laughs> <laughs> uh, just quickly because we just yes. have a minute left tell me about this last line you brought so here this last line is our mandarin oriental uh brand okay um this uh particular um aromatherapy that i've i've brought today is our quintessence which is used in our Signature Oriental Essence Massage, mm -hmm. an 80-minute evocative uh, treatment, which is full-on body from head to toe. Mm -hmm. We include the uh, abdominals as well as a facial massage oh, all the way into the scalp. That. I, I think I Absolutely. need that. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. Right now. Okay, mm -hmm. so let's tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, the Mandarin Oriental Washington, D.C. is located at 30, 1330 Maryland Avenue. We're mm -hmm. just between 12th and Independence. Overlooking the marina. Exactly. And the new wharf, you guys. Exactly. Stone's you, throw. You have the, you were in it for the long haul. Exactly. Exactly. Thanks so much. Right, thank, thank you. you. Oh, you can give me an overhaul. How's okay, that? Okay, all right. We're going to take and a quick break. No, we're not. So not we're going to talk to Berlin go? Crystal Kelly, oh, who Berlin. has... She's come up with a line of environmentally righteous wines called Proud Pour. Righteous. Hi, Berlin. How Hi. Are you? How's Hi, it going? Berlin. Thanks Thank for having for me. Joining us. So why Proud Wine? What got you into this? What's going on here? Yeah, I was um, working in finance, uh, climbed my way up to the top of the Wall Street ladder, well, as far as I wanted to climb, and um, spent my days, uh, well, my nights going out making homebrews with people of the New York City Homebrewers Guild. Um, so I know a lot of right, I, was gonna say. I know a lot of your friends. I'm friends with them too. Um, mm -hmm. And I uh, wanted to start something, but um, like all of my friends that were making awesome beers, I didn't think that mine were necessarily uh, better than that. So I didn't want to just create another product to have another product on the shelf. I was only going to do it. Um, and they always say, don't start your own brewery, winery, cidery. If you want to make a lot of money, it's kind of, you know, you right. have to just do it. So like stick with your day job and just keep home brewing. These guys rolled up side. in a Bentley. So. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so a bent bike, I think it was. <laughs> yeah. So I only wanted to do something if I knew it was going to be really impactful. And my whole mm -hmm. mission from when I was young was I wanted to make enough money to be able to make a big difference in the world in a positive way. 
And um, and so I was kind of thinking about it. And, you know, we have all these apparel companies like Tom Shoes, Warby Parker, right. Bombas, you know, in the fashion industry that have the social mission. But I don't know of any that are dedicating their heart and soul in the alcohol industry to making a, a tangible difference. Be no shade thrown. Sorry. <laughs> um, beyond. Floating your cares away. Yeah, right, right. So I want to float our cares and other people's cares away. So, you know. We're into it. Um, so uh, I was looking for some sort of local cause that I can get on board with that people would be able to see the impact. Um, you know, some companies like Tom Shoes, it's really awesome what they do, but it's in South America. And I'm like, I want to feel, I want to see. Be, like, make it more tangible. Yeah, and have it be local so I can go see those kids' faces, see the impact that I'm making from my purchase. And mm-hmm. and that and I just yeah, so I wanted something local and I discovered um the Billy Noyster project in New York Harbor and I was like, Oh, that's it. Now what can I make? You know, out of my, my background of making wines, beers, ciders, meads, kombuchas, anything fermentable, what can I kind of tie into the oyster world? And I decided to start with a Savignon Blanc, where we use the sales to restore 100 oysters per bottle. And it's also a great pair for farmed oysters. Eating oysters is really helpful for the environment because we can collect those oysters, um, those clean water, and then we use that as a foundation to rebuild the wild sure. oyster reefs. You know, and Dave and Mike were sitting around, and they just said, hey, yeah, I like beer. Let's brew beer. beer. Yeah. Let's start a brewery, you see? Well, but I want, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we want to talk about the wines, how you went about creating wines that you thought were good enough to serve, and then how it all worked together. Uh, Dave's going right? to kill this me. This is David and Nikki Nellis <laughs> with Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec. Celebrate Mother's Day with Hope for Henry. Register for the Make a Kid's Day 5K on Sunday, May 14th at the Walt Whitman High School in Bethesda. The course is USATF certified. Little ones can run, too, in the One Mile Fun Run and play in the Kids Zone, which will have lots of family activities. Hope for Henry is dedicated to bringing smiles, laughter, and joy to kids battling cancer and other serious illnesses. Register at HopeForHenry.org. That's HopeForHenry.org, and click on Upcoming Events. This is Roger Waldron, president of the Coalition for Government Procurement and host of Off the Shelf. My show brings a voice to commercial service and product companies selling in the federal market. Each week, I talk to experts from inside and outside government about the latest federal compliance and policy information for government contractors. Join me every Tuesday and Thursday morning at 11 a.m. for Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio 1500 a.m. or download it anytime at federalnewsradio.com. Search off the shelf. Come to the Marketed River Falls for the premium meats that make for delicious family holidays. Glorious briskets and short ribs for Passover and succulent lambs, hams, and roast for Easter. Passover and Easter taste better at the Marketed River Falls. So, I'm a dog, and I just got adapted by this new human guy, and I'm starting to wonder how he got along without me. I mean, okay, something as simple as walking around the block. He's got this leash thing, and he puts me on one end and him on the other, and I'm just taking him around. I I think he's afraid of getting lost. Without that leash and me guiding him along, I don't think he'd find his way back home. But it's kind of cute. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the (laughs) ShelterPetProject.org. We're covering the news that's critical to your career. Experience the difference of the journalists at FederalNewsRadio.com and 1500 AM. Hey, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. Again, I want to thank the folks at ProFish, Celebrity Cruises, the market at River Falls in downtown Potomac, and Central Farm Markets for partnering with the show. And I also just found out that Three Stars Brewing is hosting a volunteer appreciation night for food and friends. When is that? The week 
Uh, Got to come up to the mic. Sorry. I think it's the 25th. It's that week. It's Very the Tuesday nice. of that week. Look at these sorry, guys. Sorry, I don't have the date off the top of my head. You guys are so good. All Veritable. right. Let's get back to Berlin. Let's. This is the Sauvignon Blanc, correct? Yep. Here's the change. Here, you, there we go. You, where does where did you like? How did you get it going? Um, I had friends who had wine brands, and so mm-hmm. I kind of asked them and literally had them hold my hand through every single step of the process. Um, so it was two pieces. It was one finding an oyster restoration pro- or a project that would work where we could say we can do this certain very tangible, very mm-hmm. visual thing for every bottle you buy, so mm-hmm. people can really visualize. I think you know when you say. 50% of our proceeds or whatever, you know, it's kind of, well, what does that yeah, really mean? mean? Right. right. Um, so that was the first piece. And then the second piece was, okay, I want to, f- I, I don't have the capital right now to start a brewery. I don't even know, or, you know, a facility. I don't even know if this is going to work. I don't right. even know if people are going to like so this idea. So where did you idea. go to get the wine done? So I went out to California. I met with some wine brokers and some wineries that, um, you know, not everyone, just like people who grow coffee, they don't necessarily want to be selling it at a retail shop. They kind of want to they grow sell it. Their, they, they sell, sell their the, the beans. Right. Yeah. So same thing with wineries. They sell their grapes. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay. So then the work was who's selling it and who is doing it, who is growing their grapes in a way that I believe in. Mm-hmm. Sustainably grown. They're not pouring pesticides. They're not just irrigating just to irrigate. They're really being cautious about every Did single thing Did you want them to be biodynamic? Do. Was that a priority? I mean, that's where we're heading. So okay. I'll actually be on a di- biodynamic farm next weekend that, I, that I'm involved with. Um, mm-hmm. I go out to California every few months to, to work on that. Um, but, you know, the production, it's it's tough. Biodynamic is very spiritual, and yeah. I'm a very spiritual it's person. like voodoo. I mean, yeah, like, of, like you we take, are, we've done a lot of segments on it. But. Right, yeah, the manure from a lactating cow and a horn that you bury for six months right, and you exactly. stir it for 20 minutes, right. which I think is awesome. I love I all that, that stuff. for breakfast. Is that bad? <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so that that's kind of where, where we would like to be. Okay. And then so both your wines were found that way because you have – this is the Sav that we're bringing, Yeah, right? the so, Sauvignon Blanc, yeah. And then and, what's the other one? And so this have? one's a, a, a Pinot Noir. This is our second project. We're super excited about it. Mm-hmm. Um, the Sauvignon Blanc has been going for three years, and only in the last month did we la- launch this one. And it's our Pinot Noir organically grown in Oregon, and we use the sales of this to save bees. Okay. And, and we do that by planting wildflowers. Um, With the proceeds? And yeah. Like, how, so how does that one work? Like, with, yeah. how do people? How does the money work on that? How does that work? So it's basically just it's the same thing as for every bottle we produce, we have to buy the glass. For every bottle we produce, we have to plant 875 wildflowers of this. So we work with Xerces in um, they're based out of Oregon, who then works with local farms. So mm-hmm. farms, you know, you'll go to a farm and it's only corn or only almonds or only whatever. And bees only live for four weeks or so, which means for their entire life, all that they have to eat is almonds. They're going to be more susceptible to diseases, to mites, all these things. And that's one of the things that's leading to their collapse. Um, And so by bringing in wildflowers around the perimeter of farms, it gives them a diversity of food and also a habitat um, to live in that's not just being torn up by the farmers doing whatever. Or sprayed with pesticide. or. So so how does this organization work with farmers? Farmers want it. You know, bees provide $16 billion a year free services. Right. So if you don't have bees, then... You don't have a product. Yeah, it's harder to grow um, when your bees are struggling. So they would love to have wildflowers, but they don't really want to... Use the space for the wildflowers. Well, it's it's around the perimeter of farms and along highways. So And bees, if they're hungry, they can fly up to 10 miles to get food. So they can go very long distances. So it's just getting flowers in the area, and they sign up, say, yes, please come do this for me. You know, so and then who we'll actually goes and plants the flowers? 
it's just different. Yeah, different representatives of Xerxes, and hopefully me once you know once people know about this enough that I can go do that stuff. So where do we find your wines? We can find well if you go to proudpour.com slash where to buy, it has a map. You can just click your current location, see all the locations. Um, We're just getting started in D.C., so Mm -hmm. we've been here for about a month. Um, You can find us in Cleveland Park Wine and Spirits, um, the Grilled Oyster Company, which is just around around the corner. corner. Um, So, yeah, we're we're around. One quick question before we wrap up with you. How do you share your message with people? Because a bottle, it's hard to share your entire message. I mean, your bottles are really beautiful, but part of your product is not just what's in the bottle but what you're doing by selling the bottle so yeah. how do you get that message out it's super hard right. um it's super hard when you're in a in, when you walk into a wine shop you just see a panel of wines across mm-hmm. well yeah how do you get people's attention um we are constantly working on this trying to figure it out we do a lot of in-store tastings that helps um sure. when we can explain it the story ourselves but you only reach people that happen to walk in that night um we also i hand make these shelf talkers it just say, basically says this wine saves the ocean or this wine saves the bees. And I hope that that's enough of an interest of somebody that they'll pick up the bottle and be like, oh, well, let me figure out more. And um, And that's how it works. It's viral. I mean, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. (laughs) Being on shows like this. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, how to find you online. Uh, Proudpour.com. So it's like you're proud to pour your glass of whatever. And we're also going to be doing a beer for turtles this summer. I'm with one of my friend's breweries, and uh, yeah, and then we're going to do... I saw a turtle with a beer in Rock Creek Park just the other day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a whole six-pack. All right, yeah, thanks thank very you. much. All right, thank you. Thank All right, you. But speaking of beer, back to yes. you guys. You guys have a big event coming up. The yeah. Bash at the Brewery. The gang's all here, right? So the gang's all here. So part of uh, the Craft Brewers Conference coming to D.C., um, one of the things we wanted to do is... We wanted to celebrate the collaborative nature of the industry we work in. Mm -hmm. So we are bringing in a ton of -of out-of-market breweries and friends of ours uh, to throw. But you guys do a lot of this. You do a lot of events at the brewery. You know, you bring in like you bring in different chefs. You bring in other. Yeah, we partner. We partner with Michael. Michael Isabella, we brew with, uh, yeah, we work with, I, mean, I, I, I would, I would drop more names, but I'll, I'll, I'll stop and I'll say okay. for the party, we're bringing in some of the best out of market beers that this market never sees. And we are throwing a bash for CBC that is going to be unparalleled that so week. So let's tell people the date. Okay. So April 13th. Okay. Starting time is 5 PM. Okay. Live Tickets performance are, from School of Rock. Yeah. The School of Rock. So these are like 11, 12. 13-year-old kids who shred. It's the most awesome experience. As a 40-year-old, it's the most awesome experience you'll ever see is watching kids play The Doors or Grateful Dead or some Metallica, and they're kids, and they shred. It's a lot of fun. So we'll have uh, Modern Times, Other Half, Jay Wakefield, uh, Ocelot, Aslan, Charm City Meatworks, and uh, Graf Cidery out of New York. All of our friends will be in town. They're all going to be pouring. They're all going to be on site. So it's a great will opportunity. Will you have your collaborations there, too? All of the collabs are going to be there. So Go Go Weiss, Loopalicious, Knives Out, and Flip the Script will all be available. Um, plus, all the brewers are going to be on site. So there's an opportunity to hang out, drink great Talk beer, and mingle with some of the best you know brewers what? in the industry. Age, neither age nor being around beer all the time has dimmed your mental acuity. <laughs> you I'm sharp, stuff. baby. You I'm sharp. sharp. Yeah, that's, um, how I, now, that's how I get by. 
Is there going to be there's is food at the event as well? There's going to be a couple of food trucks. Okay. And Rappahannock's going to be on site shucking some oysters. Shucking some oysters. So right. there's going to be Dirty South Deli and. I'm glad you said that now, not when Jamie is here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty South Deli and Fed City well, Brothers. Well, sure. Jamie doesn't farm oysters. She right. just sells them. That's true. And the Rappahannock guys they, are actually farm farmers. Yep, that's um, true. And that's why they're our homies. Who will <laughs> take these oyster shells? Right? Yeah, and yeah, I can, right. and I can, sure. yeah, and they We're actually have do another that. another collaboration. And they actually do that themselves. They they do a lot of work on rebuilding the Chesapeake it's Bay. True. Sure they do. So, yeah, and then uh, last part is uh, private events, man. We had a 40th birthday party last night for 120 guests. Wow. And it's awesome. We've had weddings. We've got another wedding coming up. Well, and just. Since we've been to the space multiple times, space it's a really spectacular, fun yeah. space. And you could really go in and use it as is, or you can do it up. And you can do you it know? up. But it's pretty cool. The only thing you can't really do there is a bar about mitzvah. <laughs> right. You know, I, I don't know that that's well, a suitable environment for having a bunch it. of 13-year-olds. Yeah. It, but yeah. Actually, thing. if you did a party for grown-ups and called it a bar mitzvah, you could. You okay. could do that, right. especially for your Mama. 40th birthday, Dave. When yeah, it comes yeah. around again. Right, in, yeah. in another yeah, yeah, yeah. year or so. I'm still trying to get over the fact that Nikki says she's 47. I no, when I that. do turn 50, he turns 70. Oh, so I think doesn't. we should do a 110th birthday party. I'm ready to go over and put my face in that machine right now. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, we've got to wrap up the show. Okay. Those collabs, by the way, are going to be available in cans. Take away on site. Right. No, okay, no, wait, no. wait, wait. Let's just say, where can you find you? You, you can find us at 3 com at 3 Brewing on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Okay, we're shutting right, down. That's it. You shut you down, man. We got less Dang. than a minute. Everybody go to thelistareyouonit.com to find everything about today's show. Follow Nikki on Twitter. Follow and her on And thank you all for joining us in studio today. It was a terrific show. Watch us on Facebook Live. And we have an amazing show next week. Tarver King is going to be in studio. Everybody, please have Tarver a delicious King. week.